Hello, everybody, and welcome to Staying Fit ODAT. My name is Migs, and I'm your host. ODAT is an acronym for one day at a time that I picked up in early sobriety and something that's stuck with me every day since. All right, thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Corey. How we doing? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, why don't we go ahead and start off and tell us uh, who you are, where you're from, what do you do for a living, all that normal stuff. All right, sounds good. So uh, my name is Corey. I actually currently live in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, moved up here to be a, a union crane operator. So I've been doing construction my whole life. Um, and in that, you know, in the construction industry, it's surrounded by um, any kind of substance you can to make your body feel better. So it kind of created that lifestyle, even in the job. Um, I kind of just got into having a passion to talk to talk to people about um, the mistakes in my life to see if maybe it could help other people out of it, because I knew I couldn't be alone. You know what I mean? For sure. Now, uh, before we get too much into your story, why don't you go ahead and tell us about um, your childhood growing up, you know, um, you know, any any type of influence your parents or family may have had on you, just all that stuff that we kind of deal with pretty much everything on before before picking up your first drink or your drug. Yeah, man. So um, as a kid, I was in like all accelerated classes. I was one of those kids that, you know, had a promise to, to, I mean, even in, in kindergarten, they knew I was going to college. You know what I mean? They knew I was going to do something. Um, but the lifestyle at school and the lifestyle at home were completely different. Um, you know, they saw this energetic kid that got good grades and played sports and did all this stuff. And it was a mask because school was my escape. Um, I grew up in a very abusive household. Um, mom had many different boyfriends throughout my younger years. And it was pretty much every relationship that they had in my eyes. Um, I saw relationships as drinking, partying, uh, fighting, screaming and yelling. And then at school, that was kind of like my escape. And, you know, you, you learn to put on a mask and learn to lie really, really young. Um, I just... I, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 uh, I kind of just learned that life was chaos. You know what I mean? From a young age, I learned that to, to, I mean, to, to be happy, you had to have some kind of drama going on in your life. Nice. And so how old were you when you picked up your first, your first, uh, drink or drug? So I remember being like five years old and we came downstairs, you know, my mom told it as a joke story, but it was, you know, true. We came downstairs and my sister and I started drinking beer and eating pizza uh, because like I said, at a, at a young age, we thought that's what normal was. We thought that's what people did. Um, so there was beers out on the table and I remember grabbing a Budweiser and watching Ninja Turtles. And that was like my first sip of, of actual alcohol, five years old. Wow. Wow. And then, uh, so, so I'm assuming that probably didn't become like a habit at that point. So no. where, where did it kind of pick up after that? So probably 12 years old when I when I felt like uh, the guys in the neighborhood were kind of like my dad, so to speak, um, you know, at that age, seeing so many men come through the house, you're constantly reaching on to something and somebody to teach you things. So I think about 12 or 13 I actually started drinking uh, casually um, to hang out with these guys. You know, if they're drinking and smoking blunts, it's it's for me to want to hang out. That's what I'm trying to do, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think we kind of just fall in that, like, follow the leader. Let's try mm -hmm. and hang out with the cool kids. Um, you know, that that terrible mentality is not the way to be. Um, but I think for a lot of us, unfortunately, it's just a reality on what we do. Yeah, man. And so how how long does that kind of go? Does that is that start being when it kind of becomes a habit? Does this start becoming like everyday things? Like, how where does this kind of go from there? Yeah, it's pretty much just um, an escape every day. So, you know, as it, throughout my younger years, my escape was academics and school and sports. Um, and then when I found kind of that group of people that I hung out with in Gulfport, Mississippi, and running up and down the coast, um, it was pretty much like once you leave the house, you want to forget everything that's happening at the house. So you alter your mindset. So you want to go smoke, you want to go drink. Um, you know, probably 14 years old was the first time I tried powder. Um, you know, it, it, it slowly escalates because you want to hang out with the cooler kids. And as everybody's growing up, they're seeing new drugs and, you know, ecstasy and you're going to clubs at 15 years old. Um, but the worst, the worst thing that got a hold of me was pain pills. And that was actually from my mom at 12, you know, body hurting from the abuse in the household. And she handed me my first opiate. And I think from that day forward was when my addiction actually started because the drinking and the Coke, I never felt like I had to have it. 
Um, it never did something, anything to me emotionally that made me feel better. It made me feel worse when it started going away. Pain pills were the one thing that affected my mentality. It made me feel loved. So like all the love that I, I didn't feel like I had from the groups of people I was with or in my home, um, those pain pills did that. They were my dad, my mom, my grandmother, my girlfriend, you know, they were that love feeling that I never felt or I was searching for my entire life and everything else. Uh, that's, that's pretty intense. I mean, 12 yeah, years old, your first experience with an opiate. Um, that's, that's really, really young. And to just hear all of that stuff you were doing at such a young age, that's, that's really a lot. Um, so at what point do you start to realize that you might have a problem? Are you the first one to realize it? Does someone start confronting you? Like where kind of, how does this become a realization? I mean, honestly, it, it was probably 10 years because I had such anger inside me. Nobody really checked me. Um, so it probably wasn't until I joined the army when I went to go join the army and I had to sit inside the recruiter's office for two days, chugging water for him to get my system clean. He's like, man, you know, you've got an issue with this stuff. And then when we realized that even throughout um, my job search, so in the army, you have an MOS, you choose your MOS with your recruiter. I chose to be a medic. And that was solely based off because I knew that I would be around opiates being a medic. And it was in that moment that I realized, you know, this stuff literally is me. Um, it's, it's controlling every situation that I'm in. Um, every choice that I make is led off of, okay, how can I not be sick? How can I keep this feeling of love? Wow. That's, that's pretty intense. And I definitely want to take a second and definitely thank you for your service. Appreciate um, it, man. All, all the brave men and women that definitely fight for our country. Um, definitely appreciate the shit out of you because it's, it's people that go out there and that fight for us and put their life on the line is what gives us the ability to be able to be back here home, um, working our programs, doing our thing, uh, you know, trying to build communities, doing podcasts, whatever we're doing here, um, safe in the own confines of our own four walls is because of the brave men and women that are fighting overseas. So definitely another shout out to you and all your brothers and sisters that have fought for us. Appreciate it. Um, so, and, and so I know you said your army recruiter kind of told you, um, about that, but like, so there's nobody else in your life that pretty much called you out and said, Hey, Corey, we think you have a problem. You might need some help or no man for like 10 years, because like I said, I, I was such a snappy person, um, so ready to fight at any means because I felt like that was my way of survival. Everybody around me kind of aided to what I was doing um, from, you know, the time I was emancipated, getting out of the house. Um, anybody that I surrounded myself in my life, they all used as well. I, I literally had nobody in my life that wasn't a part of, you know, when you get that deep, every aspect of your life, you know, from the people that are in your phone to the people that are around you when you lay your head, you surround yourself with people that are going to um, help you get high. Um, and it was literally just a stranger, somebody trying to, you know, get a, bo a, a bonus at work to kind of like, hey, psh, dude, you know, you, you were literally choosing your job based on getting high. Uh, that's that's terrible. That's it's sad. But unfortunately, it's a reality for all too many. Um, so then at, at what point do you start to acknowledge yourself that you're starting to have an issue then? I mean, I, I acknowledged it probably, you know, as a kid, I, I didn't care. Um, I didn't really care all the way up until I realized that my choices were affecting people that I loved. Um, and I fell in love when I had my daughter, you know, um, I remember one time, um, my ex-wife and I, I was going to try to see the dope man and it was raining outside. And he told me, Hey, you know, nobody else can come with you. And instead of saying, screw that, taking my kid and my wife at the time home, which is what a normal person would have done or somebody that's not completely wrapped up in it. I dropped him off on the corner in the rain, drove two blocks over to the dope man and came back. And when I got back, dude, and I looked at my kid sitting there in her car seat, soaking ass wet, um, I, it, it hit me like it literally was like a whole nother person inside of me that I realized not only am I because I didn't care about myself not only am I affecting myself I didn't care about my ex-wife you know she was doing stuff with me um so to me she was collateral to okay you want me to go get this you're gonna sit here but when my six-month-old daughter sitting there soaking wet crying screaming bro it, it it was like a punch in the stomach yeah I'm not gonna lie that that kind of like as a father that kind of even that even fucks me up a little bit. Yeah, um, it pisses we, me off now. <laughs> we've all made terrible decisions. So obviously we're definitely not judging, but you know, it breaks my heart to hear that because you can almost like when you hear a story like that, you can almost like, I think anybody listening to this, especially if you have a child, you can almost like picture um, probably the shittiest, nastiest corner 
of, mm-hmm. of the city that you live in and just seeing uh seeing some kids screaming and crying and it's it's just terrible um but again it's 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 i wish it wasn't a reality but unfortunately it definitely it is. Is. Other, otherwise we wouldn't all be here today um and we wouldn't be sharing these stories um how old were you when you found or, or i'm sorry how old are you right now i'm 32 Okay. Oh yeah. We're pretty much the same age. Yeah, man. So how old were you when you took your first attempt shot, uh, no pun intended at trying to, um, at, at like trying to make, at least make an attempt, even if it wasn't actually rallying 24 hours or 48 hours, like when was the first time that you thought like, shit, I really got to do something and actually like got the gears going. It was actually, it was, so it was two weeks after, um, that situation where they, I left them on the corner, a buddy and of how mine. How old were you actually, at that point then? Uh, 20, I want to say 20, 21. Yeah. 20 or 21. Okay. My so daughter's up, 12 now. So, so about 11 years ago, it's probably like 2010 yeah. ish. Yep. Yep. Okay. There was a, uh, a little place. So we were living in Florida. Um, as most people know, Florida was the pill mill capital of the United States. Um, so everything was there, man. Um, but we were living there so that rehab started really popping up recovery centers um, detoxes because of this you know problem with these pill mills that were pushing and I, I went to like a little small 10 person um, detox and actually ended up staying there for like a, a 30 day quick residential treatment and there was this little old lady man that was a cook and she she even though she wasn't a part of the recovery team she spoke to everybody more than anybody in that center because she had family members who sold dope who did dope um and it was kind of like she woke something up in me when we coined out um i cried like i never did before i realized by talking to her and hearing her stories that just because you know we use the the drugs the drink none of that stuff was the problem it was that little kid inside who never felt love you know growing up through family the abuse all that stuff so until i realized that i had to get back to that kid and let him grow i was going to say this stay the same age as i'm you know when when i started using forever wow that's that's sad um so how long does that because i mean i i know when we talked about your sobriety day i know how much time there is between you know, that, that time frame roughly. And, and oh, when yeah. you actually, and when your most recent sober is, um, so what kind of, what kind of goes on in between that, like that next seven years or so, man, it's, you know, it's pretty much like everybody's story. It's, you know, get clean, feel good, um, get pride and then fall, get clean, feel good, complete a recovery center to keep, you know, everybody happy with me. And then, um, you know, I'm working construction, my, my back might hurt a little bit. And instead of just being a man about it, somebody comes up and says, Hey, I got some lower tabs. And you always think, okay, well, I'm just going to take one or two. I'm just going to, you know, take the pain away. Um, instead of just taking some Tylenol or shutting up and dealing with it. And then it's back off on a run. Um, it's build your kingdom up and then bulldoze it all back down over and over and over all the way up till December 17th. Um, and you know, that date, I, um, we were talking about war stories, but that day I had everything. December 16th, I had everything. I had a house. I had custody of my daughter. Um, I was dating a cop's daughter. We were engaged. You know, I had literally built everything up and had this facade. And I had even three weeks prior to that um, spoke for the Flagler County Sheriff's Department as a, at a domestic violence liaison like summit meeting. Um, I spoke to them about all the stuff. And I was literally taking lower tabs two days after that. And she got surgery. Um, I came home. She had shoulder surgery and everything in me told me, dude, you've got everything. And I ate some lower tabs. And, you know, six hours later, I'm searching for heroin in Daytona, um, searching for crack and on a police chase. And like it was every time that I went downhill, it happened quicker. It would take two months the first time, you know, a month the next time I relapsed, two weeks. And then this one was like three days from top of the world to, you know, bottom of the barrel. Wow. That's, that's absolutely intense. And in that, in that seven years, how many, how many, uh, 24s would you say you rallied? Oh man. If you had to, if you had to take a guess. <laughs> as embarrassing as it is probably a good 30, 40, 50 of them, you know, cause I might, I always had the good intentions. I always wanted it, bro. Like we all do, you know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's an addict or an alcoholic, um, or anybody dealing with any type of substance abuse whatsoever. I don't think there's one person in the world 
that wakes up and is like, nope, I never want to get clean. I never want to get clean. I just want to do this until I die. Like, yeah. you know, it's, I, I mean, I, I don't think that person exists because no one is just wants to continue doing this. I'm, I think it all starts off as fun and games or, you know, whatever your intentions are, take the pain away, get high yeah, for man. the first time, whatever the case. But I think we all, we all eventually realize what's going on. Um, but I think sometimes the, the grasps have us too tight and then we just, we just can't fight back out. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about that, uh, like getting, getting clean for the most recent time. And, and I definitely want to preface this as well, um, before we let you continue and, and telling your, your part of this story, um, here in this podcast, we, we don't, I'm not a doctor. Nobody in here is, I'm yet to interview a doctor. Nobody has went to school and earned those initials. Um, so with that being said, every interview that you hear, these are what worked for that individual person. Um, I, I say it all the time. Uh, me personally, AA is what worked for me in the beginning. Um, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. I know some people who have lots of resentment towards AA or NA, or um, I know people that have used smart recovery. I know people that use a lot of things. I know people that use nothing that just rely on their on their support system of their uh, closest friends and family. Um, there's a lot of things out there. And I personally am in no position to say that one works better than the other or to suggest to anyone, um, you know, unfortunately, what might work for someone might be rougher for someone might put someone in a worse place. So again, I try and I try and make that very clear on every episode. Um, because I don't want someone to hear a story and be like, all right, well, that worked for Migs, so it's got to work for me, or yeah, that man. worked for Corey, so it's got to work for me. Um, so with that being said, where, um, what, when, when you got sober this recent time, what kind of is the program that is working for you right now? Okay, so um, real quick, I'm going to touch on what you just said, because you said something that not a lot of people have the balls to say and i've said this in so many videos every path to addiction is different everybody started off sliding down a slope that was there's different reasons for everybody so it's like a diet not one diet works for everybody so not one path of recovery is going to work for everybody either and i think that the common ground in all of aa na smart recovery celebrate recovery they all have one common foundation and that's community you know what i mean um, we have to be willing, and this is what has saved my life, is to show other people our scars, to show other people our mistakes, to tell them the nastiest, most embarrassing story. And I always tell people, look, I pulled a can out of a porter potty, out of the shit water, shook it off because there was no other cans on the job site, found two pieces of dope in my pocket and smoked it off of it. If you got a nastier story than that, I'll listen. You know what I mean? But there's nothing anybody can say in our community that's going to surprise another addict. By far, it's going to do the opposite. It's going to be like, holy shit, I've held that in for so long. I've never told anybody else that I pulled a can off the shit water and smoked crack off of it. And then somebody else says, hey, I did that too. Yeah, I'm you not going to lie. That's pretty <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I, Dude, I, it's horrible. Luckily, I never got into hard drugs. Um, and, and uh, you know, not to downplay or overplay for anyone. Um, my issue was alcohol. Um, I witnessed my my father being a full blown drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, I've seen it all, so I tell it all the time. Like, I, I always swore I wouldn't be an addict or an alcoholic, but due to some circumstances, I just kind of ended up drinking anyway. But luckily, I never fell in the ropes of of hard drugs. Um, so I mean, I've done some pretty some pretty shitty things. Uh, to no drink, pun intended. <laughs> um, but I've never done anything shitty literally um <laughs> so it's that's that's yeah that's so one it's of that the, community we've you heard some mean? stories and i'm not gonna lie that might be uh <laughs> that might be a, a, a that might be a top 10 right there i get that's, the gold star next to my name <laughs> <laughs> that's one i mean the there's silver some people, can there there's probably some people out there right now that had to pause and just like brush their teeth for a second like holy shit what did i just hear yeah man um, all right so yeah go ahead and continue on that note wow See that that's what it is, though. It's I guarantee you there's one or two people. There might only be one or two, but I guarantee you there's one or two people that have done that similar thing. I guarantee there's held at least, that in. You know what I mean? hundred percent. There's at least one person listening to this right now. At least one person who's like, 
that's all that's all he did oh that's nothing he and exactly. he and he doesn't even know what the problem is like there's at least one one upper out there who's like oh, no nope, I, I did way worse always yep snorting coke off strippers butt cheeks and stuff like, there's at least one guy who was like i didn't even take the can out of the porter potty <laughs> oh man yeah man so it's that community bro it's it's this it's um you know telling each other the horrible things that we did because then that shines light on okay well if you were that low how great is it that now you help other people out of recovery or you're running a podcast or you, you know you you speak at a recovery center as a counselor like no no matter how low you get as long as you climb you're always going to be higher than your lowest spot for sure absolutely um and i know and and that's it's you actually have i don't i don't know if you launched or launching um, but I know that you actually have a podcast as well. Um, and, and definitely clarify that for me. Is it launched or launching? So we launched our first episode. The first episode is actually on uh, Absolute Scientific's face, or, uh, YouTube page. So if you go on YouTube and type in Absolute Scientific, um, the first video is on there. Um, it's myself and actually somebody I went to high school with. And um, she's an alcoholic, you know, never really got into drugs. But so she brings that other side kind of like you do. Um, so we launched our first video, uh, we recorded, edited, it is actually was like a tech run that we didn't mean to uh, actually put out there, but it's out there. Uh, we did everything off the top of the head. There was kind of like no producing, no structure to it, but it, it was really good, man. It kind of just showed who we are. Um, so it's called a hard pill to swallow. It is recovery based, mental health based. Um, but the difference is, we, you know, you said something that I, I will love you forever is there's not one path of recovery for everybody. So if suboxone works for somebody in their heart and they know it's working for them and they're not using it to get high, come be a part of our community. If you abstain from everything, come be a part of the community. I don't care if you're an AA and a, the thing that bothers me is that we get so stuck on these, these labels of, okay, I'm AA. It's like the whole AA versus NA thing. You know what I mean? Um, dude, we all have one goal and the goal is not to freaking do the crap we used to do and to keep building and being better people. So I think, like you said, without those labels, dude, just, I don't care what path of recovery you have come spend time with us, come be in the community. Community is all that matters on our podcast. For sure. And I, I think that's also important too. Cause I, I say that as well in, in my community as well here in uh staying fit ODAT, um, you know, cause they're uh, the one thing that I really, really stress is my, my favorite thing when I, when I opened up the, um, the AA book, one of the, what, one of my favorite things I saw, um, is the only requirement is the desire to stop. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that means that like, you don't, there's no fees there. It, it's, it's no, you have to have this much time or it's, it's just all you need is the desire. Um, and that's one thing that truly, truly stuck in my head, um, since day one. And it's kind of like the basis on what I did for, my Facebook group as well. It's, it's the desire, uh, because not everybody in this group and, and it's happening more as the group is growing now, not everybody in, in this Facebook group is an alcoholic. Not everybody is a drug addict. Um, I can name at least one person right now. Um, or I can at least think of one person. I won't name them, but I can at least think of one person who, um, is not an alcoholic, not a drug addict who can socially drink, have a glass of wine with dinner, um, their problem is overeating. Yeah. And so, you know, they might be um, a little, uh, a lot overweight right now, trying to exercise, trying to get their things in. And so that's where their stemming is. And the only requirement for them to be able to stay in this Facebook group is the desire to want to get their life back on, on track and to stay healthier um, and to live a fitness-based lifestyle and, and to continue trying to work towards their goals. Because again, not everybody deals with the same issues. And I think that's really cool too, um, because we can share about issues. Like I can talk about, I'm having trouble with drinking. And, and, and this is actually what we talked about too in, um, in, in the Meet the Gang episode as well that we recorded a few days ago, which uh, if anybody, if, if for our listeners that actually listen to these episodes in order, you've actually already heard the Meet the Gang episode. And it, one of the, the huge things we talked about there as well is for example, an overeater. Now imagine telling uh, an alcoholic that, all right, you got to go out and you have, uh, you're going to have a beer. You have to have a beer to stay alive. Um, but if you have a second beer, you're going to die. 
Hmm. Like that's the problem with like someone who might be dealing with overeating is like they have to eat food to stay alive. Like your body physically needs food. Um, but if you eat too much, you continue being unhealthy and you could die. So it's, and, and that gets into the, again, the only requirement is the desire. Um, and, and to just build a community in which we all understand that everybody's struggling with something. Um, and again, too, I have someone who's coming up uh, who I'm going to interview as well, as well as someone that I did interview. Um, and they, they deal with physical abuse, you know, um, came out of a, of a marriage where they were, they were physically abused for many, many years. And, and that's terrible too, because that can take a toll on, on you mentally. Oh, um, yeah. And, and maybe you were strong enough to not pick up drinks and drugs over it, but that doesn't mean that you weren't sitting in your bed many nights thinking like, fuck it is tonight, the night that I just take my own life. Yeah, man. A, a um, lot of women get addicted to that type of relationship too, because that's all they're used to. And that's all they know. Um, I watched it throughout my life with my sisters, you know, they, they get used to a man treating him like that that's no different than somebody you know going to use and they've got to be pulled from that bro i love that yeah for sure now uh so with the uh with again with the podcast so you said there's really no no requirement anybody just kind of join the community and i really really like that a lot because it, it shows like the whole support system because again I, i've said this a million times and you'll hear me say it a million more times so if you don't want to keep hearing me repeat this part go ahead and hit the the mute button for 10 <laughs> seconds i really don't give a shit um but again I'm, I'm not in a position to say that this works better than that. That works better than this. Um, the only thing that I figured out for sure, and I'll keep saying this until, until I wake up to that email or to that message and somebody proves me wrong. And then I will interview you that day as well. And I'll put you on the podcast and I'll let you share your story. But the one thing that I figured out is that whether you're finding yourself in the rooms, um, whether you're surrounding yourself with a family support system, whether you found some type of program that works online, um, or whatever the case may be, I'm still yet to find that one person who woke up one day and decided I'm done with whatever my issue is. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to open up about it. I'm just going to keep this buried inside and I'm going to be all good. And five years later, that person is still abstaining from whatever their issue is. I'm still yet to meet that person. If you're the one yeah, person either. in the world who just woke up one day, told nobody and, and whatever, again, God bless you. And I'd be more than happy to hear your story. Um, but I, I still yet to meet that person. And I'm not even sure if that person exists. Um, so it, again, if you're out there, feel free to reach out, but I've said this on, you know, 19 episodes so far, and I'm still yet to see that email. Nobody's um, hit him up. So here, here challenge is still out there. Um, and again, that's, and I don't mean that ignorantly. I don't mean that. No, it's, it's just, my biggest thing is community, 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 community without my wife, without my, um, without my mother, uh, without my brother, without my, my brothers, without my sisters, um, you know, without everybody, without, without staying fit ODAT, like, I don't know where I would be right now. It's a support system. I suck at making it to meetings. Um, I used to, I used to go to meetings regularly and I can count on two hands how many meetings I've probably been to in the last year. And again, that's, that's not saying it as a good thing or a bad thing. It is just, I surround myself with the community. I open up. If something bad happens, I talk to people. If something yeah. good happens, I talk to people. Um, I believe in celebrating your victories as much as your losses um, and your, and your defeats uh, because it helps you build stronger and it helps bring you all together. Um, so again, I, I love that you agree with that mentality. So we're kind of, um, it sounds like you have your own little support system as well at home. I know you mentioned you have some kids. Um, did you say you're married now? So we're engaged to get married. We were supposed to get married April 24th, but due to COVID, we kind of pushed everything off. Um, but it'll be this year. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, she's she's never had um, she's she's never had the the struggles that you know uh, we've had. But she is very uh, very stuck on honesty type person. Um, everything you know. It's like every day you take your trash out. So every day I tell her what's on my mind um, and I just keep it real with her. And that's my, uh, that's my rock. That's absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, support systems are the best shout out to all of the, the wonderful um, men and women holding down their significant others and just kind of being there when they need someone. Um, and, and just always, 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 always making sure that this person knows that they're loved. Um, because and, and again, I'm, I'm going to shout this out as well, 
um, my wife is my, she's, she's a fucking hero to me. Um, she's held the shit out of me through all of this. She's been there. And, uh, recently my wife quit smoking cigarettes. Heck yeah. Um, so I'm super, That's super tough. proud of her. Yeah, exactly. And I, w- I was That's talking tough. to her, uh, just last night. Um, cause she's only got a few weeks in. Um, so I was just talking to her last night and, you know, she was pretty stressed out. We have an almost three-year-old he's throwing temper tantrums, just being typical mm-hmm. three-year-old asshole, you know? <laughs> um, and I, I say this all the time too, and obviously take this with a grain of salt. Um, if you've never wanted to punch your kid in the neck, um, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. One thousand percent. Listen clearly. If you've never wanted to, um, if you actually do it, there is something, something very else fucked wrong. up with you. <laughs> but I think every good parent in the world has had at least one moment where it's like, oh, I wish you were an adult right yeah. now. If you've never wanted to punch a baby, we can't be friends. I don't I don't need you in my life. I don't need that type of negativity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I kind of forgot where I was going with that for a second. But oh, so yeah. So uh, so our three year old is uh, almost three year old is stressing. I have to say almost because to her, he's still a baby. And if she hears me say he's three before he's three, she might punch me in my neck. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. So and, and I come I come home from work and, you know, she's really, really stressed out and whatnot. And I'm just like, uh, you know, how is your day going? This and that. And, you know, whatever. And I, I just kind of reminded her too. you know, like today is shitty. But just remember, like, it could be worse, like if you pick up. And that's something I always told myself when I was drinking. And that's something I was kind of referring to her with a cigarette um, last night as well. Not that she even said she wanted one, but it's, it's a like, good mentality, no- though. Nothing is going to get better if you pick up. So we just got to, uh, you know, let's talk about it. Like, you know, when I was in early on in sobriety and every fucking thing set me off like a ticking mm-hmm. time bomb, she was always there. So now it's my turn when I have like a little bit of a better grasp on my on my sobriety and my terms right now it's really cool to be able to return that for her. Um, so I, I think that's really cool too. Like even when we are with people who aren't dealing with addiction to just kind of recognize their struggles and to make sure that we are there for them as much as they are there for us, because we got to make sure that this, this isn't just a one-sided street. Yeah, it's and give we, and we, take, man. Yeah, absolutely. We got to return that. Um, so uh, again, if, 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 you know, definitely love that you're uh, shouting out your support system and definitely a huge shout out to your fiance. And I hope that everything works out uh, as far as like your restrictions where you're living. And I hope you guys are able to uh, to tie that knot pretty soon. Oh, yeah, man. We're getting uh, it done this year before she kills me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, That's funny, too. I was actually going to say, hopefully you get to get it done before uh, before she decides and changes her mind, because I know me, too. I had to hurry up and make sure that we made things official. You got to lock it down. <laughs> d- divorce. Divorce doesn't exist. So I only had until she said I do. Amen, Otherwise, bro. she could still change her mind. Roger that. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go ahead and just uh, just tell us a little bit more about the podcast, what kind of guests you want to have on, what you're going to kind of be doing with it, what your intentions are, what your goals are. You know, it, it's funny. Um, everything that you are doing is, is what, we, uh, what we're striving for. We're striving to build that community. We got the Facebook group, Hard Pill to Swallow podcast. Um, we just want people to feel welcome. And like you said, it's not about just drugs or alcohol. Um, it's, you know, mental health, fa- mental health battles, anxiety, depression, um, we're trying to show people that in a community is where you find strength. You know, if you're going to do something alone, 90% of the time, you're going to fail, you're going to crash, you're going to burn, you've got to be able to be honest with somebody and tell them, Hey, look, I'm struggling today, whether it's, I'm struggling to go, you know, I want to go have a drink, I'm having a bad day, or, you know, my anxiety or my depression has got me stuck in bed. Um, I need to be helped, you know, around the house or get up and get a shower, be just told to live life. So we want to love on people. Um, We've got a, another movement that we're starting within Hard Pill to Swallow called the Red Bag Movement. We're trying to do a lot of outreach in the St. Louis area. Um, STL Compassion's teaming up with us. So we do like we get red gift bags and we fill them with toiletries and uh, food, drinks, you know, especially during COVID. Not a lot of people are stopping and helping other people out that they see on the street for fear of germs or whatever. Um, and we see these people being neglected. So between that, getting people into detox, um, shout out to Love Cleans, Pastor Tone in Jacksonville. We did stuff with him. Um, the shower unit goes around every Wednesday and helps people get showers and gets them in the detox and looks out for them. So we're just trying to kind of take everything that we did in Jacksonville, Florida, and create that kind of community here in St. Louis. That's super, super cool. And uh, especially for our listeners um, that might be in the Jacksonville area um, and, you know, somebody who might be struggling. And and I know for a fact that there are people that listen to this podcast um, that haven't put down the drink yet. They yeah, haven't man. put down the drug yet because it's or, the desire to quit. We exactly, never said that you exactly, had to be quit. Ex- exactly. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of people are listening to 
um, these podcasts, you know, not just my podcast, they're listening to all these podcasts out there. They're looking at YouTube videos, they're watching documentaries, they're doing this and that, and they're waiting for that one story that hits them like, fuck, I'm done. Or they're waiting for that one, you know, I called it like a come to Jesus moment, but they're kind of waiting for that one thing. Like for me, it was holding my 16 year old son and seeing, seeing my father in his eyes, um, which, and again, I don't want to bash my dad because my dad has a lot of sober time now. Um, and, and he's, he's not the same person. Um, but I remember looking into my son's eyes and seeing my dad. And so that was kind of my moment. Um, but everybody has their moment. And for everybody, it's different because we're all different. Everybody is different. Otherwise, we wouldn't, you know, we, we wouldn't have to go through, um, not to make it political, but we wouldn't have to do elections and we wouldn't have to do votings and we wouldn't be doing this and that if everybody just had the same mentality and everybody yeah, was facts. just, I don't want to say on facts. the same page because that makes it sound like a bad thing, but if everybody was exactly the same, um, you know, and, and really, I don't know if I want to live in a world where everybody is just a fucking cookie cutter um, and everybody is the same. Cause that's, that's not where I want to be. I like that. Everybody has a path. I like yeah. that. Everybody has a story. Um, and I People love, challenge you. Yes. I love when you get to hear the recovery stories. Like, um, it just, it, it just, it, it's everything about it. Like, I, I don't give a shit. I could be awake for like two days straight. Cause I have a million things going on. Um, and, uh, you know, like, like I'm just going to put cards on the table. Like right now, I think I've probably slept like two hours last night. Um, cause I got home from work late and I had to wake up early to get things done today. So that way we can do this interview. Yeah, man. Um, because my, and a shout out, my son has his first race this afternoon as well. Um, he's only two years old and he's going to be racing against other two and three year olds. Um, that's going to be sweet. Oh, I can't that, wait. Dude, that's going to yeah. be a good video. Yeah. I just picked up his bib. Uh, man, uh, my wife cried looking at it. Uh, we just got his first <laughs> running shoes and I, I just can't wait. I'm super excited. Oh um, yeah. Without yeah. the cigarettes, the tears are rolling, bro. Oh, for sure. I'm blasting <laughs> the shit. That's going to be all over social media today. I can't wait. Um, so with, with, before I go on another tangent, cause I'm so fucking good at that. <laughs> uh, hence that's, it's a runner thing. We get off tangent. Yeah. Bro. Um, so now that I just mentioned the word runner, we're talking about running, we're talking about racing. Um, obviously, the first, the, 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 the last word of this podcast and this Facebook group is ODAT one day at a time. Uh, we focus on people's recovery story, how they got there, um, how much clean time. And again, for anybody that wasn't listening, oh, sorry, that was part of the tangent. Um, re-shout out that place in Jacksonville um, that's, okay. that's doing all those great things. So it's uh, Pastor Tone. The church is called The Well. So you when you hear the word church, everybody freaks out. But this is this church, the, you know, you walk in and it's a motley crew of, you know, drug addicts, drug dealers, tattoo, everybody's tattooed up, bikers, gang members. These are people that realized that their life was on the wrong path and they wanted to create a community. So the well stands for worship, eat, love, and laugh. And that's all they're about is loving on each other, loving on the community. Um, it's attached to Gateway Community Center in Jacksonville on 555 Stockton Street. And that's oh, just Gateway. what they're about. Okay. Yeah, that's um, where I graduated from, man. Gateway. So I had... um. I don't, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know if the episode is out yet or if it's one of the ones that's coming out soon. Um, but I interviewed someone who threw a huge shout out to gateway. Really? Um, and that worked I'd for probably them. know them. Uh, are they <laughs> gateways in different States, right? Yeah. But if they were at the Jacksonville one, I definitely no, know. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to say like 99% chance it wasn't Jacksonville. Um, and I, I, I think I know the name, but I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong. I don't want to mix up gotcha. people's stories. Um, but I'm what one thing I'm 100% certain of is that we actually Gateway. had someone on this podcast shouted out Gateway and it worked for them. Um, yep. They're and, about and again, community. That's literally what it's about. Everything is based around. So it's not like your normal rehab. Um, it is it is about you live together, you eat together, um, you tell you know, you talk to each other and you lift each other up. That's literally what gets people clean there. Yeah, that's that's so cool. So again, shout out Gateway. Um, uh, you know, we, this is now the second guest who has shouted you guys out. Um, so if anybody has a way to getting them, we would love if they would listen in on the podcast, send us back any feedback, um, you know, cause we're, we're trying to send you some love and, you know, just keep doing great things guys. Uh, because a lot of people seem to, to swear by you. Um, so again, so we were talking about ODAT, you know, one day at a time, pretty much talks about everybody's recovery. Um, and it's kind of like a, uh, uh, a double-edged sword in the aspect of not only do we have to focus on our recovery and our lifestyle one day at a time, 
Um, but we have to take just everything one day at a time. And then the first part of this group is staying fit. So, uh, Corey, why don't you go ahead and tell us what, what are you doing to stay fit? Where is, where is your health and fitness goals right now? What have you done? What are you doing and what do you want to do? Well, man, um, you know, my biggest struggle throughout my entire life was I was a twig. Um, I don't think I broke, especially in addiction. Um, I sent you, I believe I sent you that, that contrast picture of when I last time I got arrested, but, um, I never could break 130. I was always 130 pounds. I looked sick. Um, I had no meat on me. And the, the one thing that helps keep me clean is when I look in the mirror. Now I'm 184 pounds. I go to the gym, you know, four o'clock in the morning. Um, I've put on this weight and I, I look at myself and I'm proud. I'm not looking at this skinny stick figure guy that I literally was my entire life, you know, uh, couldn't breathe. My freaking lungs were shot from smoking everything I could put on a can between a pipe, a can, you know, I just, I was sick, man. Uh, face was sunk in. I just, I looked at myself and I avoided mirrors because it, it was like looking at the truth. It was telling me the truth. And I knew that once I stopped, I started eating healthy, um, really started putting in the time at the gym that I would finally be happy with myself. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to hide from the mirror anymore. Like I, 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 she made a joke yesterday about me being cocky, but I'm like, I love myself now. I look at myself and I realize that I know that as long as I stay clean and I don't start using, I will keep growing from this. Absolutely. And I think that's what it's all about. Um, where do you, uh, so we, we always like to throw numbers, um, because, you know, as, as athletes, uh, we, I think we all focus on numbers and, you know, as a runner, I'm always trying to make myself faster. Um, yeah, swimmers man. and swimmers and cyclists are always trying to do the same thing. So for anybody out there who might not be a runner or a swimmer or a biker, um, for anybody out there who might be a power lifter or a CrossFitter, why don't you go ahead and throw some numbers out there? Uh, what, what, what are you doing? What, where's, where's your squat? Where's your bench? Like, <laughs> how are we doing out there? Um, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I, uh, you know, I'm 240, 250 and I'm 180 pounds. So just getting started Ooh. out, I got a torn rotator cuff, but I'm, I can, I can do three sets, you know, of five and, and I'm breaking a sweat. Um, but mainly my goal for me is toning. I'm toning up. Um, you know, I get on the, on the, uh, the treadmill and, you know, I'm not, I'm probably nowhere near your, your, uh, your mile, but you know, I'm pulling to 820 and I haven't, I haven't done that since the military. So I'm loving it. Hey, shit. You want to, you want to, you want to throw a little flex for the camera? <laughs> see, see if the guy, see, see if we, uh, ladies, he's engaged. He's engaged. I think he just ripped his shirt. It's the right. second person to rip a shirt on the What's podcast. The Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Busting through the fucking door. Oh, look. And, oh man. And then he just took a sip of his protein shake too. We'll pretend like we didn't just see that. Amen. <laughs> oh man. This is, this is so cool. Um, so what are, what do you have any specific goals in the fitness? Um, yeah, man, I'm, I want to hit two, I want to hit 200 and I'll be happy because I'm sick. I'm five eleven. I always say six foot and she messes with me. My kids joke about, I'm not six foot. So I'm five eleven for everybody out there. I, I admitted it. Um, but I want to be 200, 200 and you know, in the six thirty range in my mile and I'll be happy. I'll be real good. I like it. And you know what? Um, you just, you just held me accountable. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put something out there as well. <laughs> so my wife always busts my balls as well, because I've been saying I'm five, eight. I, that's what I have on my ID. Everything I do, I'm five, eight. And um, my wife tells me that she's five, eight, or she tells me, <laughs> sorry, my wife is five, seven. Um, and, and we're like the same height. So she always tells me it's impossible for me to be five, eight, if we're the same height. Yeah. Uh, so anytime I say five, eight, like, I don't know. I could say whatever, but if I say I'm five, eight, she, no, you're five, yep, seven, call stop lying. So yeah. So if, when my wife listens to this episode, she's going to be proud. Um, I'm finally <laughs> acknowledging that I'm only five, seven. I'm Secrets not five, keep eight. us sick. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so your goal is to hit 200, 200, man, 200. And I'll be happy because of my, uh, my body profile. Um, like I said, dude, I was, I was bad. I mean, that, that picture, I look at it now almost every day so I can make sure that I remember, like, I was probably 122 pounds at six foot. That is, you know, at 5'11", my bad, at 5'11". That's very uh, unhealthy. Absolutely. What is, what are, what is your, uh, what is your bench? Do you have, like, a, a bench goal that you would like to try and hit? Um, 300. Ooh, that's, a. Uh, how many plates is that? Because, you know, double your body weight. How many plates is that? Ninety-one. That three six on each is, side six on each side five or six on each side holy shit i just want to be able to do that once ah, that's you a know lot what i mean of, that's a lot of fucking weight just uh, do it once without breaking my back 
our uh, a, a good buddy of mine, um, Evan. Uh, he was actually the first one-on-one interview I did. A really, really personal friend of mine um, actually owns a gym too. So if you ever, okay. if you ever, uh, if you ever need help, any advice on getting it, he's also a personal trainer. So um, heck yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely find him in the page. Um, reach out if you have any questions. He's a savage. He's a beast. He's a really good personal friend of mine, and I'm sure he would love to give you any uh, any quick answers. Um, yeah, because I'm a baby in the gym, man. I'm just learning what machines are. I just know to lift things up and put them down. Absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. Like Arnold said, pick it up, pick yep. it up and put it down. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are some of your, uh, do you have any, do you have any life goals coming up? Any, anything? Um, I, I kind of like had this thing lately where I've been enjoying kind of like putting people on the spot with accountability. Yeah. Um, and then I think what I want to start doing is I want to start circling back. Um, whether it's on the podcast or just in the Facebook group, just kind of holding people holding people accountable for the shit that they said out loud um, and just making them strive for it. And, and to just kind of put this out there as well. Um, one thing that I said, and by time, and by time this podcast is aired, this particular goal, um, the time frame would be over whether I completed it or not, but we just kind of did this. And mine right now is a uh, no fried food and um, eight cross training sessions between it was April 16th when we said it. So I had between then and May 1st, so I had 16 days to get in eight cross training sessions because I suck at getting to the gym. All I want to do is run. Um, but if you don't get to the gym and you don't cross train, that's how people get injured. Um, and, and so I'm trying to avoid that and I'm trying to give up the fried food so I could just eat a little bit cleaner. Um, because I can never give up the carbs because just runners can't give up carbs. It's just absolutely impossible. Yeah. No, you gotta um, keep that weight on you. So, so go ahead and, uh, if, if you can go ahead and throw me three accountability goals that you would like to be held on that we can, that we can pretty much call you out on your shit if you're not doing it. Okay. So one would be my daughter here by Christmas. Um, you know, shout out to everybody that stood by me these past three years. I just won custody back of her and, and, and fought a hard, long battle of proving myself um, and proving that there was a lot of lies being said over the past three years. So two days ago, we got a report and recommendation. So I do have complete full visitation back with her, um, talk to her. Um, so my goal is to have her here by Christmas. She's in Florida. Um, okay. So daughter here by Christmas. Um, I want to be 200 by Christmas. I, I believe the weight, the rate of weight I've put on, I believe if I stick with it, I can get that. Um, so all my, all my goals are going to be by Christmas, but 200 the right way, because he could just yeah, go 200. No, I don't do steroid. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I would see, actually, I wasn't even thinking that I was just thinking like, you could just go to, you could just go to fucking Burger McDonald's King or McDonald's day. and just bang out cheeseburgers <laughs> and you'll hit 200, but you'll also have some titties. Dude, I got um, a metabolism so, like you. It is so hard to put on weight. Even, even when I you know stop, got clean, it is, man, it kills me. It was so hard. Like this 180, 182 that I am like. I don't need, I have, like you said, is my, my protein shakes, man. I literally drink about six of them a day just to be able to keep the little bit of weight that I gain. So. <laughs> Again, when my <laughs> wife is hearing this too, she's going to be like, well, send them some of yours. I fucking did a, <laughs> I did an Amazon subscribe and save and I forgot to cancel. And because I wasn't going to the gym, I wasn't opening them yep. and I wish I was exaggerating, but I probably have about 15, <laughs> 15 each of like the three pound containers of vanilla and chocolate. So I have like, oh, enough, man. I have enough protein shake for like two years for one person. Now um, Christmas it, is it, coming up. Yeah. Like she's going <laughs> to, she's going to hear this and be like, fucking send them some. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And I what's your it. last, what's your last goal? Oh man. My last goal would be to have the red bag movement. Um, become a statewide thing so it, my my daughter kinley is actually who created my one of my bonus children um so she's got a huge heart man um wow. her mama is you know the one who gets the bags together so i want to get that out there to where um i want her to get on the news until you know where her her, her heart was at to do this and kind of have uh, people pick it up and sponsor it and donate food and toiletries and all she? that she is seven so your seven-year-old daughter put together this idea to yep. just help other people. Yep. Yeah, man. She's got a big heart. Dude, where does that come from? Holy the home, shit. man. The home. That's my that's the breaking wow. the generational curses. Dude, that's that's a blessing, dude. That is absolutely amazing. That might be the coolest fucking thing that you've said this yeah, entire man. podcast. I, I don't <laughs> know why. That almost sounds cooler than getting sober, is just embracing yeah. like and 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 just sit back and think about that for a second. 
because of the lifestyle that you are living right now, whether it's, you know, whether this is you or um, you said this is not your biological daughter, right? No, it's my bonus baby, but she's mine. Well, I, I get it. I get it. Absolutely. Um, so between you and and uh, her mom, you know, that's just it speaks volumes of you guys because the lifestyle that you're living, the things you are doing at home, the examples that you're setting is now teaching this seven year old to put others before herself. Always. And to focus on loving on other people, which I think you've literally used that term loving on people probably at least a half a dozen times. So I'm going to go ahead and say it as well. I um, mean, that's so cool because you put in a position where she's doing the same thing. And and dude, that melts the fuck out of my heart. Yeah, I got and chills. Absolutely, dude. It's it's unbelievable. Um, And you can just tell as well, too, um, how bad you want your children in your life and you want them all here because um, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but. Is it safe to uh, safe to say and assume that the daughter that you're trying to get back by Christmas is the the same daughter that was on that corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her. I um so uh, December seventeenth when I went to jail, I didn't want her mom to have to keep going back and forth to get medical um, permission or school permission. So I voluntarily separated, uh, suspended my rights. But in when I wrote that letter to the judge, I said, you know, when I get out, I'm going to go to rehab. I'm going to get clean. I'm going to prove to you guys, and I did every bit of that. Well, the mom still doing her thing and, and, you know, having resentment or whatever towards our relationship took off with her. Um, she ignored every call. She has literally made every um, try impossible to be able to see my daughter. Well, the court system, you know, they're doing a lot more for dads. And especially if you're honest about your past, be honest with these people and tell them everything you've done. So then they're going to believe everything you're doing and they're going to they're, it's going to work out for you. And I, they have literally given me everything. I think, and I, I think too, and, uh, and, and I hate to kind of throw my story in there as well a little bit, but um, you, you pretty much just hit the fucking nail on the head for something that hits me so fucking personally as well. Um, and it's, it really, um, I don't want to say it, it, it like it grinds me, but it, 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 it gets me a lot um, is opening up and admitting where we fucked up. Yep. All right. Because I have twin boys that are 15 years old. They'll be 16 in October. And, and, you know, just putting cards on the table, they don't even call me dad. They call me by my first name because I wasn't there for them. I haven't been there consistently for them since their second birthday. Like I literally chose to go hang out with my friends and go drink and smoke weed and have fun 10 minutes after we cut the cake on their second birthday, because that's what I thought was fucking important. And I thought, you know, I can keep going and doing my thing. I can keep going and doing my thing and they'll still be here when I get back. Well, uh, eventually that wasn't the fucking case. Everybody had enough. And for many, many, many years, I put that on my kid's mom. I put that on their mother. And I said, well, no, she's holding them away. She's doing this. She's doing yep. that. No, what I realized is that all she was doing was telling them the truth. And, yep. and because of them knowing the truth, you know, they started to build up that same resentment toward, uh, same resentment towards me that I built up towards my father. And, and, and I had a shitty relationship with my father until I sobered up and realized how sober he was and we were able to heal things. And, and the reason I say that is because my dad was sober for quite a few years um, before I gave him another chance and I believed him and I understood. But he and, never gave up. Absolutely. And, and because of that, um, it's put me in the same position now where I've been trying to do the same thing for my kids. Ever since I sobered, that was the first thing. Um, I went out and, and I got, I got a lawyer. And, and when I say I got a lawyer, I don't, I don't mean to like attack my kid's mom, but just to, to help me out. With no, the you got to protect process. yourself, man. You um, got to. And, and, and so, you know, we went through the whole counseling thing and I got to see them a couple times face to face. It didn't make them want to be around me. And then I realized that they don't want to be around me. So we kind of got to a point where I get to talk to them once a month over the phone. Um, and it's just, it's the small gifts. It's the small mm -hmm. gifts. Like it got to the point where me and my, me and my kid's mom, can actually have a civil, normal conversation now. Um, during this entire pandemic, we reach out to each other, make sure that each other's families are doing good. Now, I still don't get to see my kids um, because they aren't comfortable with seeing me yet. I mean, they're teenagers. It's at the point where I've kind of left it out of the court system. Like, you know what? They're teenagers. I fucked up. There's, there's no point anymore in trying to make someone because it's not going to, I remember being that age, so it's not going to do any better. It's, it's, if anything, no, it's going to push them away. further away. So yeah. I'd rather wait until they're on their terms, but it's gotten to a point where now, you know, I can catch a random call and I can be like, Hey, you know, do you mind if I send you guys a pizza just for dinner? You know, no strings attached. I don't, it's not like whatever. And it's gotten to a point where we can have civil conversations like that right now. 
and and I love them. Um, I love them and I always love them from the bottom of my heart. And I can't wait. I cannot wait till the day comes when they're like, hey, you know, let's go grab lunch or let's let's just talk or, you know, and I say this all them all the time, too. I fucked up. I told him, I said, I can't wait till the day comes where you just want to ask me all the questions. And I said, you're yeah. old enough to hear all of the truth now. And yeah. I'll put all the cards on the table and we can start healing. Um, and, you know, it's been three years now of just making once a, once a month phone calls. Um, and it might be three more years. I don't know. I don't give a shit. It, it, and I'm sorry, I give a shit, but I don't give a shit how long it takes in the aspect of it's not my position to rush them. It, they, they have to come when they're ready. Um, and it's so cool because like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And they always say like, um, when you go to a meeting, if you're not at a meeting for a long time, when you make it, it's, it's weird because someone shares a story that you needed and to it hear. Means something. And, and it's cool because this interview that we're having with you, mm -hmm. I never expected to hear that. And I'm saying a lot of this stuff out loud for the, this is a lot of stuff I think, but now I'm saying a lot of this stuff out loud. And again, this is accountability for me. This is letting other people know anybody who I've lied to in the past. And I said, this is her fault. This is her fault. Now they can hear this and be like, oh, well, he's finally admitting this was his fault. Nothing was her fault. She is, I couldn't ask for a better mother for my children. Um, and, and again, it, it, they, my kids have the, all three of my kids have the best fucking moms possible. My twins have the best mom with their mom and my current wife right now, my son Bronx couldn't have a better mother as well. Um, and the only reason I'm not saying my twin's name is because I don't, they, you know, they might not be comfortable with this yet, um, with this platform. Um, but again, it's, it's something I'm striving towards and I can't wait. I hope they eventually listen to these podcasts. I hope they understand what I'm trying to do for not just myself, but for other people. And, and this is all coming back to around to try and get them back into my lives as well. Um, and awesome. again, I'm so, so sorry for uh, spending so much time ranting when no, this is supposed good, to be man. your story. I, I got, I got chills right now. I'm but telling it's, you. it's just like, this is just, uh, it's, it's <clears throat> just like therapy for me right now. And it's, this is just so cool. Um, but again, we'll, we'll start getting back and focusing on your story. Um, so, so we have your three accountability goals. So we want to get your daughter back by Christmas. Um, we want to get you to 200 by Christmas. Um, without cheeseburgers or steroids and we want <laughs> to get a combination of both. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> if you can eat the cheeseburgers, cool, but the other one is a deal breaker. Right. Um, and then, uh, we, uh, we have the awesome Kinley, uh, launching the red bag, uh, movement, which is unbelievable. Uh, that is so, so cool. And, um, if there's anything I can do to help support that. Yeah. Um, heck yeah, bro. Please, please. Um, you know, we're, we, we've said it a million times already on this podcast and, by the time this airs, I will definitely try and put some links up and whatnot. Anything we can do to help promote that and, you know, anything that a seven-year-old is starting out of the kindness of their heart. Um, if you don't want to support and embrace that, then again, uh, you're not a fucking human being. Yeah. Um, and, and again, then we can't be friends and I'm okay with that. Uh, and we're so, trying to walk that line of, you know, we, we, in our household, we don't believe in recording something and put it on TikTok or making YouTube videos to show us helping out the homeless. Um, we're, completely absolutely against that because you're putting somebody out there in the spotlight that's in their worst moment so we're trying to walk a line of telling people about it without crossing that line you get what i'm saying oh i completely i completely get it so it's and real it, hard to kind of get focus on it and i i think too and i can i can admit too i was guilty of that in the beginning too um because I, I think and i've done this like i said i've done this in the past um and i can openly admit it uh i think when you when you do that um and you focus on making it, what you're doing is you're making it about you. And then mm -hmm. I think we're doing it for Takes the wrong reasons. We're doing yep. it for the wrong reasons. Um, we, we truly know in our heart what our intentions are. Absolutely. That nobody knows better than us what our true intentions are. Um, so I think that is very, very important to whatever the case may be, to just do it the way that you truly in your heart feels the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and then as long as you know that you're doing it for the right reason, Nobody else can say shit. Nobody else's opinion should matter. You just keep staying on your path and you keep doing it. You keep doing it for you and you keep doing it for your family because again, you and your heart, you know where your intentions are and everybody wow. else is going to always have an opinion. I don't care if, if you just like ended, ended the war on drugs and ended the war on racism in one sentence, there's going to be at least one person who's going to find a way how you did that wrong. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you can never and, make everybody happy. Absolutely. So I say, fuck it. You know, we, we know what our intentions are. We know where our heart is. Um, 
so with that being said, I think we covered a lot of what I wanted to cover today. Yeah, um, man. I, I want to give you another chance to, uh, to plug the shit out of yourself. Um, go ahead and, um, I want you to say things and spell things so people can find you and your podcast and whatnot. So go ahead and, uh, yeah, plug, plug, plug. Definitely. So if you check out um, Absolute Scientific, I'm not going to try to spell all that out, but just the actual spelling of the word absolute scientific on YouTube, um, you'll find our recent podcast video. If you go on TikTok, it's Absolute Scientific Kratom. That is the TikTok page. Um, Hard Pill to Swallow is also the TikTok page. Um, H-A-R-D-P-I-L-L-T-O Swallow S-W-A-L-L. I went to school in Mississippi um <laughs> but yeah check out check out the facebook page the the facebook group is a hard pill to swallow podcast and we're getting off the ground man i i honestly am so blessed to have come on this show because it's taught me so much about structure and dude I, i've learned so much just from being able to have this conversation with you i'm i'm excited this was dope i definitely appreciate that very very much um and <laughs> is there a funner state to spell than mississippi come on M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Like who doesn't remember that in school? I think exactly. that's the only state that like, I don't care if you were like four years old, you knew how to spell it just because it was just like, it was interesting. Like yeah, you man. might, you might, you might spell Maine wrong, but you could spell Mississippi. Heck yeah. You're going to spell Hawaii wrong. <laughs> oh, shit. I might still spell Hawaii wrong. That's a tough one. You got, How many eyes are in that thing? Isn't there supposed to be? And I think if you actually live in Hawaii, I think there's even an accent somewhere yeah, or in between something. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend if you're from Hawaii um, and I'm wrong. I apologize. Don't yell at me. I'm sorry. We still love you. Um, and with that being said as well, I don't think we have anyone in the Facebook group, nor have I interviewed anybody from Hawaii yet. So if you're in Hawaii, reach out, reach let's out. Get some more let's get some more representation. Heck Aloha, yeah. motherfuckers. We love you. <laughs> we love everybody. Everybody equal. Pineapple That's why pizza. Absolutely. Oh, oh, man. I, uh, wait, pizza. That'll start a debate. Pizza's not fried. We're okay. We're good, bro. Good. I need pizza. I was trying to think. I was like, carbs, Shit, I baby, carbs. It's, it's funny too. So I was with my mom this morning. She's keeping an eye on my son um, while we get things done. And I actually sent her. I was like, when you go down to the diner, I said, pick up my normal breakfast. They know what I want. And then I was thinking like, shit, my normal breakfast actually has scrapple and home fries. That's fried food. I didn't realize mm -hmm. that that's fried until I said it. Um, so I'm interested to see what I'm about to be eating because it's not going to be that. But whatever. Sorry, you can throw the home fries this way. I'll, I'll take them out for you, buddy shit uh oh no dude you're in the south man i guarantee your breakfast food is way better than ours i promise but you probably never heard of scrapple though no never yeah that's never. definitely a pencil we got the slinger it's scrapple is a pennsylvania thing um i always tell people it's a it's a breakfast hot dog um, huh. and the way the reason i say that is it's not shaped like a hot dog but like in the aspect of like everyone knows what a hot dog is where they like they know but they don't know it's they know it's all the scraps from the pig yeah um, straight it's, up it's scrapple is the same thing it's 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 all the scraps and it's pretty much a breakfast version um hmm. but they're so good it's a pennsylvania dutch thing okay um you know let nothing go to waste get every yeah, get absolutely it. uh and but it's it they're it's super delicious and it's funny too because if you go anywhere even in the other side of pennsylvania um they already stop kind of knowing what it is um but yeah this has been a lot of fun today this is really really cool yeah man, uh, this is dope is there anything else you uh, anything else you want to shout out to our listeners before we let you go, Corey? No, man. You guys uh, just show some love to Pastor Tone and the Well in Jacksonville, Florida, and he's doing a lot for the community. Love on each other. That's that's my my mantra, man. Love on somebody. Go to bed knowing that you loved on somebody and you loved on yourself. That's the yeah. main thing. You heard it again. All right. It was it was a lot of fun. Hey, you've listened to the podcast, so uh, I forgot to prep you on this, but uh, before I continue, do you know do you know how we're gonna end? Do you know what I need you to say at the end? Absolutely not. Fuck. <laughs> You're failing. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Ah, Absolutely not. When uh, I hear stuff starting to close out, I roll on. Uh, all right. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, let's let's see if you can figure this out anyway. Let's let's just try and let's just try and roll with it. So it was a lot of fun having you on here today, Corey. This was a lot of fun chopping it up. Um, and, and again, it was really cool because like I feel like I got to almost kind of get some stuff off my chest as well. Um, which is the best thing about these interviews, because every time I interview someone, I learn more and more about myself as well, about my own sobriety, about my own recovery, about my own family, about my own path. Um, and, you know, selfishly, I get I, I think I get just as much, if not more, out of every one of these interviews than anybody listening. Um, and, and I don't mean that ignorantly. It's just like th this. Is, these are therapy for me. I absolutely love this. I agree. Um, 
right there with but, uh, you. Corey, it was, again, it was so much fun having you. Uh, all that we ask on our end is that you just continue staying healthy, continue staying fit, and brother, tell us how you're doing it. Yeah, man, one day at a time, bro. Love it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Staying Fit Odette. If you yourself identify as someone in recovery, whether it be from alcoholism, substance abuse, anxiety, depression, or any other type of mental health issue, then please join the group on Facebook at Staying Fit O-D-A-A-T, three different words. If you do not identify as someone in recovery, but you like everything we have going on and you want to continue staying in the loop with everything, then please follow us on Instagram at Staying Fit O-D-A-A-T. You can also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at stayingfitodaat at gmail.com. Until next time, just know you're loved, continue staying healthy, continue staying fit, and please keep doing this one day at a time.